Okay, I think this is working. This is about take three, because I am technologically inept. (laughs) (laughs) Callum, my beautifully underpaid sound person, has tried and succeeded to make this work. Yeah. I am here with the beautiful Kate Palace. Aww, not as beautiful as you, Tilly. Oh, stop (laughs) it. (laughs) Should we get straight into it? Yeah. I think so. Okay, so Kate, who are you? (laughs) Start with the good stuff. Oh, the good stuff. So, hello everyone, listeners, friends, families. I don't know why I thought of deliver. I was gonna say like Deliveroo men. Maybe they listen. To- <laughs> Maybe they're listening to this podcast. They could do on the way to deliver food. Anyway, train of thought. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kate. Um, I am a rugby player. Mm-hmm. I'm also a rugby coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and along with my sporting career, I am also an artist. Woo-hoo. A very good artist. Kate is the one oh, who made the banner. <laughs> she is. Excellent. You guys can all go see it on the happy lock. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I made your banner. I know. It's, it's very amazing. Fun to make. It was so good. I was saying to Kate earlier, I don't understand how people can look at something and then all of a sudden just have like beautiful pictures in their mind and then be able to recreate that. Oh, well, it's like word vomit for me. I think it just comes out. Sometimes I don't even think about it. It just like goes just like my hand does the magic. I'm like, whoa, I am capable of this. You're very capable. (laughs) Incredibly capable. So we have a rugby player artist. Mm -hmm. How did you get into that? So I started rugby actually only four years ago. Okay. Um, my best friend, MJ, he was playing rugby for Guy Wu. And I saw him play and I was like, yo, they're like, from 1 to 15, there are different sized people and different people with very different sets of skills. And I saw the forwards and I was like, yo, I can be one of them. They don't look like they're running so much. (laughs) So I went, I googled uh, the nearest rugby club. And at that moment, the first link that popped up was SCAA. Mm -hmm. So I played for Causeway Bay the first first year. So that's a local club in Hong Kong. That's a local club in Hong Kong. And then, um, yeah, from there, I have had many opportunities, I think. Um, my second year playing rugby, I was in uni with City U and I met Royce there, who was one of my inspirations. Um, she brought me to football club and it's just been a crazy ride up from there. Like so many opportunities. I wouldn't have thought that, um, I would be where I am as a player and coach with the little experience that I have compared to other people. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's the rugby side. Um, Art. I was always an artist, and I was really create. I was always really creative as a child. Um, with the poor Barbie dolls, I would like cut up their hair and like dye it <laughs> with like green highlighter and give them tattoos. Um, but I was actually never. I never thought that I would do it as a job, or even as a like a passionate hobby. Yeah. Because I wasn't amazing at it, and even in high school as an art student. I wasn't amazing at it, um, but because of, actually got back in touch with my artistic side because of the concussion. 
mm-hmm. that I had two years ago. The really bad concussion. Yeah. Before There's we get that. into that, yeah. should we go off on more of a happy tangent? And then we can slowly go okay, down. Okay, and okay. then we'll come back out of it <laughs> at the end. So... In the mix of those two careers, rugby mm-hmm. and being an artist, what is something that you've been really proud of? It could be in either one of them. Or it could be in one moment that you've had that's made you really proud of yourself. Mm. I think empowering others is a huge deal for me. And that is what I get the most satisfaction and happiness from. Yeah, I'm never going to forget um, the end of... I think last season I was already coaching the under 16 girls Mm -hmm. and shout out to them if you're listening to this. (laughs) Um, But a couple of them uh, messaged me after the season and they expressed how grateful they were for me and the influence that I've had in their lives. Yeah. And nothing will ever compare to that feeling of being an inspiration to girls um, in my sport. Mm. Um yeah i think that's what really makes me happy well i mean that's a testament to how much of a happy and like amazing person you are i've already complimented kate (laughs) off the microphone and she told me to do it again on my (laughs) i just thought it would be like vulnerability is something great to listen to i think and it's vulnerability is inspiring within itself so I, I think I so. do think it's good for you to <laughs> to get gush that on compliment. Air. Although I don't, I am, I don't, I'm not great with compliments. <laughs> I'll keep it very brief then. So Kate and I met. I was working at a gym, and Kate was working at the same gym, and she was playing rugby for Hong Kong at that time. Um, I think so. Yeah, under 19. Yeah. yeah, she was playing rugby for Hong Kong, and then we met again, like kind of randomly, two years later, when I was doing some SNC coaching for the under 16s. Yeah, and Kate was coaching them. So if you've done all of that in four years, like a four-year rugby career, could you explain a little bit more about how it felt playing for Hong Kong and how you got there? Um, So my first year in Causey Bay, it was a bit of a culture shock because... So I'm fluent in Cantonese, but not fluent enough to really understand and immerse myself in the culture. Mm. Um, And I was still finding my footing as a person and as a third culture kid. That's a whole other story. and I was going to a local university, so I was still pretty confused with my identity. Yeah. Um, and with that, obviously, I couldn't fully immerse myself in rugby because I had all of these underlying issues that of confusion of myself. Mm. Um, and rugby was really the only thing in my life that I felt like I had. Um, I needed zero effort to yeah. be to be someone in the team just because there was a position specifically for me mm-hmm. and naturally I had a set of skills that fit this position and it just felt so effortless and so my first year with Kaze Bay actually they I came down on a training on a Tuesday and their third team which was a development team lacked players for that Saturday so literally the first week of training that I've had and like I know nothing about rugby yeah um, they chucked me in to play a game that Saturday and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know what the offside was. I had no clue. That's so full on, especially for a contact sport. Exactly, exactly. I was like, okay, <laughs> nothing a to week. lose, whatever. Yeah. Um, thankfully, it was a development league and most other people were new as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was my first game experience. And then later on when we did the player registration and all, they realized that I was actually under 19 and they're like, what? We have an under 19 team. Like, why did you tell us? And I was yeah. like, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. Um, and then since then, I think, um, especially with the vigorous training 
um, the second year playing rugby with um, City U, with the University varsity team. Sometimes I would have training. So um, Royce, I would literally see her every single, almost, I'd see her more than my mother. So and sometimes, Royce is a coach for people listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Royce, I'll talk more about her later. <laughs> um, but like, um, I'd literally, so she was my under-19s coach. She was my university coach. And she was also my club coach. Mm. So sometimes on a Monday, like 5.30 to 7.30, I'd have club training. Yeah. And then maybe like 7.30 to 9, I would have like uni training. Like double trainings a day. So that, I think I was kind of thrown into the deep end to answer your question on yeah. like, the crazy development of rugby in the short period of time i think a lot of people and i'm super lucky that a lot of people saw potential in me because i did not see potential in myself i knew nothing about the game and yeah i think yeah do you think that helped you become a better player quicker because you were thrown in around people who did or like played more often than you or knew more about it yeah definitely um and it helped me build my confidence as well yeah just like just because rugby is again something that I was unexpectedly naturally okay at yeah. without putting extreme amounts of effort, which is different now, but back yeah. then. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels nice to feel like you're good at something as well. Yeah. And in your case, you're super good at it and very successful. I'm not super good. <laughs> I'm just lucky. <laughs> so those accomplishments, being in the Hong Kong team, being a successful artist, do you have that pinpoint moment that you're like, I can refer to that outside of empowering people or is empowering people and having them come up to you at the end of the season, like what you aim for? Um, so success to me is, I don't know. I kind of have to refer to the, the concussion because, yeah. um, since that, so for the listeners that don't know who I am, <laughs> um, I have had a I had a very severe concussion in the beginning of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I passed out on the pitch for two minutes. People thought I was dead. Far out. Yeah, I didn't realize it was two minutes. It was two minutes. It was That's two minutes. Insane. They didn't even. They also. Um, I sat up like I think it just the protocols weren't right. Okay. And after that i actually came back after a month which was not by protocol as well yeah um but also no one really understood how serious it was Mm -hmm. and a few months later i had like a i forgot what's the word but there's a word for a stroke where you're present but you're not really there so i had that oh my god it's like you're 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 awake but it's like a it's, it's, it's a it's a baby stroke and I had that while I kicked. So once it, the ball kicked off, I went to chase for it and I just passed out again. Um, this was a month after the original was injury. Maybe like six months in. Oh, I've, okay. I had been playing and ignoring my headaches. Oh, yeah. far out. Okay. And then after that, I find out that I have a small blood clot Okay. on the like bottom left side, like where the brain meets the neck, somewhere there. Um, and then, so yeah, that's the concussion story. I was basically no exercise, even going up the stairs, I'd had like really bad migraines for a year, for a good year. Um, so a year and a half of basically doing nothing. Um, and that experience has made me realize that I'm too hard on myself. Mm -hmm. And it's made me realize that success to me is being content with myself and knowing that I've put the maximum amount of effort that I can in every moment and in, in every aspect of my life, 
and being okay with knowing that I can always do better as long as in that moment I have done the most and I have been a nothing but a positive influence to people around me because I think that that experience really woke me up to realize that life is so short Mm. and I cannot live with drilling myself every day to be um obviously we all strive to be the best versions of ourselves every day but then I think I was so hard on myself that I never gave myself credit for the success or like the subjective success well definitely success yeah (laughs) I know Kate doesn't like compliments (laughs) yeah no but it is thank you yeah I think that's a part of why like Kate is the guinea pig here she's episode one (laughs) but that's part of the reason why I want to share people's stories is because like that if nobody knew you they just see like someone who's super happy and stuff Mm. like that and they don't see the underlying what you had to like go through Mm. to be this super positive person always smiling if you know Kate (laughs) but yeah yeah it's it's been a journey I think there are so many things that has happened throughout my childhood and my teenage years I say I I speak like I'm 30 Um, (laughs) but, but yeah there's just so many different things that have led to I feel successful now. Like, I can say I'm the best version of me that I've ever been. And that comes with experience that has led to, like, another level of self-awareness and being comfortable with myself. And I think success is really success is really that to me. Just being comfortable and loving myself um, truthfully and genuinely. And that gratitude for what you have in yeah, the present moment. definitely. I think gratitude is a big part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. What advice would you give for people who were wanting to reach that stage without going through a serious injury? <laughs> a serious <laughs> having unfortunate an ex- event. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think gratitude is also a practice mm. and like many habits and many mindsets, it doesn't come with a snap of your fingers. I think you have to really experience certain things to realize how lucky you are. And... Um, I think it's also very it's a very good practice I think to sit down and reflect on what you really value in life and what makes you truly happy yeah it's very easy to get um what's the word like sidetracked to thinking oh maybe this will make me happy because everybody else is doing it yeah um or because this is the trend maybe I'll do it as well but I think it is a good meditative practice and it's a good mental health practice to really sit down with those feelings and understand oh um i actually don't like going out drinking (laughs) (laughs) things like that i think that's one of the things that i realized in the beginning i didn't i never really enjoyed going out drinking partying um i enjoyed being in the company of others Mm. and i enjoyed the happiness that we were all feeling regardless of me being completely sober (laughs) um and i enjoyed making sure that my friends got home safe and that is what i enjoy from um experiences like that and it's not like everybody's different but i yeah i think that's the advice i'm going off track sorry no that's okay that's <laughs> essentially all podcasts are just like that's long true. tangents and we that's just follow true. them until they're like dead and then we like awkwardly segue back to something oh, yeah. else you're all good you like talk about z when you were talking about a yeah, yeah. i think uh, that's fair enough yeah i think so okay so the advice that advice give people is just to practice practice gratitude yeah 
um, whether it's a whether it's something faithful like religious, whether it's meditative, whether it's even just a, like a podcast, yeah. like talking to another person or talking to a friend could really help you realize um, what um, what, you're what things you value. For. Yeah. 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 I think so. <laughs> I know. I think, yeah, I've definitely been missing out on speaking to people recently. I think mm. with COVID and everything, I'm just like, ugh. Just yeah. like bottle things up. But I think you're so right. I think speaking to people about how you feel is definitely a good way to reflect as well. Yeah. So you would make that a daily practice? Is that something that you still do now? Speaking to people? Or speaking to people or reflecting on how much you have or like how you feel about what you have? Um,. I also think it's part of my personality. Yeah. I think the reason I'm so... I push myself to be so happy and positive is because, well, obviously I, I am. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to share the root of my personality to other people. And I think speaking to other people about my experiences will also help me ultimately be an inspiration to other people through that and through my personality. Um, I I keep a very close circle. I think. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this earlier. I'm like, I feel like I'm an extroverted introvert. Mm. I really do enjoy being by myself. I like working by myself. I like not talking to people sometimes, <laughs> most of the time. Um, and 2020 has been a roller coaster, but it has made me realize, um, I don't need much, and. Um, it's made me realize again like how how much how life is short and how people around you might not be there for so long and you never know when they're gonna be gone um I think yeah, so it's not just um the people that you talk to, but it's also what's happening in your life, and I think most of us are on the same page about twenty twenty yeah um it's it's probably been a good reminder of how grateful we need to be for the small things that we have. I think so. And before I follow on with that for people, I don't know if people can hear it, but my dog is doing laps outside (laughs) the door and I'm just hearing like tippity taps, like going past. Spike's paws are not tippity taps. They're like tap taps. I know. He's a thick boy, according to Kate. How many C's did we Um, agree on? Thick with, I think six C's. He also has thick C's. I can't speak. Yep. He also has six necks, by the way. I know. I think he's a Sharpe, but he's also just very, I was literally very overweight. Like, like you can like if you scratch his neck, you could feel his excess skin. And I'm like, is this Amen. excess skin or is this fat? It's power, Kate. It's, it's power. power He's definitely a power forward. He's a, a prop. Far out, that dog. To segue back to where we were going. Okay. So 2020 was the year for gratitude. You also took some new steps in 2020. Yes. You started a new sport. You went back to some yes. old sports. Do you want to share? Sure. So 2020 has been crazy, actually. So I've hit the highest of highs and the l- 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 <laughs> lowest of lows in 2020. Um, so with sport, I started Strongman because I thought that rugby would never happen again. And Would you mind explaining what Strongman is to people yes. who might not know? So there, um, with weightlifting, there's three main types. There's Olympic lifting, and then there's powerlifting, and then there's Strongman. 
don't quote me on this um <laughs> professional weightlifters this is just from my knowledge and i'm very willing to learn and correct myself if i'm wrong but we love growth man- <laughs> what's that we love growth yeah <laughs> we stand the growth yeah um so olympic lifting is a bit like you split jerks and things like that correct me if clean I'm wrong and jerk you. there and we go snatch. there we go snatches <laughs> and clean and jerks and then powerlifting is only sbd so squat bench and deadlift sbd that's a good acronym i've yeah. actually never heard it explained really that yeah oh they have like a apparel that's sbd and oh. that's like mainly for competitions i think oh okay yeah and then that's how i remember what the more what you know is. <laughs> and then strongman is basically going all out um trying to lift awkward objects and try to be the strongest person in the world like literally the strongman competition is like for example asia's strongest man thailand's strongest man stuff like that you try to lift the heaviest thing yeah yeah it's pretty cool and the implements like you said are super weird so what kind of things would you be lifting so like giant concrete stones you'll be <laughs> pulling a truck it's so cool it's really cool yeah yeah so i um tried it um and it was really it was really really fun and with the rugby athlete background i think and as a forward um it it was it was great great fun um yeah and then i joined a competition and after how many weeks of training after by the way? like four weeks of training <laughs> so kate is like into it committed <laughs> yeah yeah literally and then i think i got like 17th in the world that's crazy for that specific competition which was only two lifts but it was crazy it do you want to share what your pbs are um so an axle bar deadlift i think it was 160 kilograms far out and an axle bar for people who might not it's know it's like a very thick bar mm-hmm. um but it's also lifted a little bit from the ground okay. so you only really pull from your knees to the upper of your thigh also 160 kilograms is insane we need to take a moment to celebrate that <laughs> far out uh the goal is to actually lift the proper deadlift 160 we'll see okay we'll see we'll where see. are you at right now I'm so you can reflect right now okay you're close you're i'm okay uh, but like no gyms <laughs> um yeah and then the other event was a log clean and press mm-hmm. so a log is i don't know how to explain it. it's just a log it's, it's like a really thick, awkward, yeah. cylinder yes. thingy, cylindrical. It's a steel cylinder. Yeah, y'all have to Google it and like <laughs> see it for yourself. I can't explain it. Yeah. 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 And Kate, 17th in the world after yeah. one competition. Yeah. After four weeks of training. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make you reflect and be like, like you said, treating yourself nicer because you are much better at things than you think you are? um like do you need those actual accomplishments and those numbers in order to be like okay yes i'd be good at it or would you have been as happy without i think i'd be as happy without Mm. those numbers are a good reminder that hey kate give yourself some credit yeah um but even then i think the numbers make me feel worse i'm like oh only 160 oh my god (laughs) only 17 come on kate you can do better why didn't i get first straight away (laughs) after four weeks of training oh my gosh yeah yeah i think and the numbers don't matter Mm. in 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 that sense i feel like that's a pretty impressive mindset in itself though yeah like i definitely need to work on that i feel that i'm very numbers driven and like you said if i like try something once i 
expect myself to be perfect at it yes like in this podcast i'm expecting this episode to go so smoothly <laughs> so perfectly I think, I think we're very entertaining as long as we're recording i think we're I fine <laughs> i think kate needs to stay a little bit closer to the microphone okay, so we can okay. hear your here beautiful go, laugh <laughs> instead of I pulling people, away i bet people are like turning it <laughs> off <laughs> turning it off because like can this girl stop laughing it's well, so annoying we had a good conversation and that's what matters. that's true that's true <laughs> Yeah, so I definitely think I need to work on that mindset, but yeah. Is there anything that helps you get there? I mean, we know you've been through the concussion. What else has helped or like defining moments in your life? That has helped me reach the self-awareness that I have reached today. Yeah. Um, I have had many other... I've, I've struggled with my mental health since I was a child, and it comes from the third culture kidness Mm -hmm. so just a rough background when i was in primary school okay just a rough background of me my mom is half irish half filipino Mm -hmm. my dad is half chinese half filipino Mm -hmm. so i'm filipino chinese and irish and but i was born and raised here in In Hong hong kong um in primary school i went to a very very prestigious school a prestigious catholic girls school in Hong Kong and I at that moment was probably one of the only brown girls mm-hmm. the only Filipinos and I was also not an extravagant student I was average but with this school which is apparently very difficult to get into and like usually the girls that are in this school are generational yeah. like their moms or grandmoms went to this school yeah but I was just a normal kid. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have any special skills. Um, I probably got in because of my English, because I was a native English speaker. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was that experience. And then in secondary school, I went to a public school um, where there were a lot of ethnic minorities. So ethnic minorities in Hong Kong, um, the big groups are Pakistanis, Indians, Filipinos, Nepalis, um, Sri Lankans, Bangladeshis, like um, most of my classmates were from these demographics. And um, a lot of the students in that school were in very difficult situations. And I was, I'm very, very, very lucky compared to them and the hardships that I know some of my friends had to go through. Um, and it is rooted from both my parents being permanent residents and a lot of my classmates could not have that privilege i think because of they 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 haven't been here for seven years yet Mm -hmm. things like that there are many different scenarios um and then in university i went to a city university of hong kong which is a very local university actually um and so yeah i've been in very different social settings and ethnic um settings and those experiences has led me to reflect on who i truly am i think i'm such a chameleon as well Mm -hmm. um in that sense so in sec in primary school i really wanted to fit in with the other girls so um and sometimes i would be i think the first awakening experience was when i was speaking in tagalog which is filipino to some of my friends helpers after school in primary in elementary school and then i felt i was being judged by the teachers and my classmates like why are you talking to them oh you're filipino like 
And then that's the first time I think I had a conversation with my mom. I was like, mom, why are people asking me if my mom's a domestic helper? Like, and I found nothing wrong with that. I just found that people were trying to get to know me better, stuff like that. Um, But I think that was the first awakening experiences. And that was quite young, maybe six or seven. Mm -hmm. And that's when it started. That's when I started to think about who am I? Like, do I want to be Filipino? Um, So am I Chinese? I don't get it yeah i think that's where it first started the self-awareness yeah yeah Yeah. so it's been quite a long journey um i think i've I've only really got to where i am with full comfort maybe late 2020 far out yeah i mean i was always self-aware but not to a point where i was comfortable with it and i'm very comfortable with it now what changed in 2020 do you think where you were like, um, okay, this is it. That experience. So I was meant to. I'm not sure if I spoke about this earlier, but I. Um, that ex, so I was meant to have a big project. I was meant to have a big mural that would have been my big, big break. Artistic break. Artistic yeah. break. Um, and everything was set in stone. Um, we already got harnesses and everything, and then suddenly, like, um, it just didn't work out. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the end of the world. Yeah. Um, 2020 was also, by the way, the year I decided to become a full-time artist. Um, also, bearing in mind, I have coaching contracts with the union and with um, my club. And that would be, that's like a stable salary for me every month. And I decided I didn't need a, like, air quote, day job anymore because I had enough freelance clients and I had enough coaching contracts to kind of sustain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, this is the perfect opportunity for me to work on my art more. Um, so I decided to quit my day job as an art technician in a school um, in 2020. Um, and, and then... That must have been a scary decision for you to make. Yeah, yeah, it was. But I also it wasn't a hard decision as well because I was hustling right after school hours and I would be have I would have such long days. Yeah. Like I'd leave home at six and I'd get home at like twelve or one. Oh my god. It's and it was too much and it was taking a toll on me, but I was distracting myself from reflecting on what I truly valued in life. Mm-hmm. And again, like I was so preoccupied with work that I didn't stop to think if this was truly making me happy or if I'm just a crazy people pleaser that like won't admit that I need help or won't admit that I'm just distracting myself from deeper rooted issues um so yeah that big break didn't end up happening and then I fell into this deep 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 depression um and so I've always battled anxiety and depression I think since high school Mm -hmm. um but I always bounce back and I think now i know what my triggers are and i'll stop not stop but i will stop what i'm doing and take a step back and reevaluate and reflect on the roots before i actually start to spiral yeah so again it's taken a few experiences for me to be where i am now um but that experience really 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 hurt me mm. because I was, that was something i look forward to so much and i was like oh all this hard work it's paying has let, off. Yeah, has yeah. paying off and has led to this moment. And I think, yeah, that that was actually just early December, um, twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. Um, maybe like maybe God was calling me back. But um, context here. I'm. I was born Catholic, and I was very. I was raised. Um, in a church but i was i only 
started going to church as a teenager by my own is it by my own means yeah independently yeah independently like my own choice um as a teenager and i've stopped going and i've stopped praying stopped meditating um when i started to when i started rugby just because the times didn't work out um with my commitments blah blah blah, and my commitments would change um and that was i I prayed because i felt so lost and i was like i need an answer god and since then i haven't stopped praying um finding my faith again and i think that hope and that faithfulness and that gratitude just connected as one after that very depressing experience and yeah i think did i even answer your question i don't remember okay. i don't even remember where i was going so i'm loving this keep yeah, going keep i don't even remember the question so do you think faith is what helped you or that reconnection to yourself and your beliefs is what helped pull you out of that adversity yes so um faith is a huge part of it but then again like bearing in mind it's not just faith in god but faith in myself yeah um i think that's an important part that people miss yeah they are religious yeah yeah or i don't think yeah i think that is a i completely agree it's something i think people misinterpret religion sometimes um and spirituality and faithfulness everybody has their own ways of coping and being Mm self-aware whether that's reflective or actional but for me it it is reflective and it overlaps and comes together with my faith and that works for me and it's been i'm 22 Mm -hmm. i know i sound like i'm 40 (laughs) the experiences (laughs) i know um but um it's taken all those 22 years to be to be this self-aware and i'm i feel very lucky to be this young but this aware of my triggers this aware of what i want in life and what i what i truly value because i feel like not a lot of people are lucky enough to understand themselves at this age and at this stage of life. Yeah. I think that's pretty spot on. I was going to say, I know we've probably overused the word (laughs) self-aware, but yeah, you strike me as someone who's very in tune with themselves Mm. and very, again, aware of triggers, like you said. Yeah. Do you mind sharing some of those triggers? Mm Mm-hmm. Would that be something that you're comfortable doing? Yeah, of course. And then explaining how you move past them? Um, I think so my I had a first I had a my first panic attack when I was maybe 14, 15. Um, but that was actually related to me being sick. So I ended up having a virus. So I was sick. I wasn't yeah. panicking out of nowhere, but oh, okay. um I was having like hives and things like that. Oh, but it was gosh. a really bad panic attack. I had like high blood pressure. Um in the beginning, the doctors thought it was just anxiety. So they mm. prescribed for me to see a psychologist from the hospital. Um, and after a while, they found I had I had a really high fever and I ended up staying in the hospital for a month. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, that experience in itself is horrific. Yeah. Like, without, like, and then you're like, um, what else? Yeah, literally. I was like, I was like, oh, my God, can I go home now? No, you have a fever. What? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so... I think my triggers would be like I start to shake a little bit mm-hmm. without me being conscious of it. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I see my hands shake and then I'll I'll start to panic. Yeah. And that instant panic moment is already like 
I know at that moment that I need to stop what I'm doing, stop thinking, because the spiral of overthinking is insane. Yeah. Like you think about one thing and you think about another, and then you end up thinking about what's wrong with me. I don't want to be alive anymore. Um, so it spirals very quickly. But um, so yes, I stop when I start to panic. Like just the smallest, smallest feeling of panic. Like, like a grain of salt small i will stop right away i'll stop what i'm doing turn off my phone um if i feel like i'm uncomfortable or I, if i feel unsafe uh, with myself then i will call a friend okay um if no one's answering which never usually happens but if i am not shaking as bad or if it's the trigger isn't horrible i will just stop what i'm doing and write down how i feel and then i'll create a chart i'm like why do i feel this way yeah. And ultimately, I'll find the root. And then after a little bit of self-healing, aka taking a nap, watching Netflix, <laughs> crying. Incredible. I'm going to look at the root of this issue and then try and solve it. And then I'll be okay because I kind of strategically solve the problem. But well, it's better to break it down rather yeah. than be just overwhelmed by exactly. the... Exactly. Yeah yeah and the seeming hugeness yes i once saw a hypnotherapist for panic attacks and she told me or something weird like that i don't actually know the name it sounds like a french name anyways i'll find it okay (laughs) but she told me if you write with your non-dominant hand yeah when you're trying like when you're about to panic then that's really good at calming you down because you have to focus so hard at trying to write with or something that you're not used to writing with. Yeah. And then that's like a good centering tool. So oh. I've tried doing that. But I think you're right. I think breaking it down and like yeah. also stepping away from the problem, yes. like you said. Yeah. Stepping 100%. away. It's, I think it's harder to step away mentally than stepping away physically. Absolutely. Like if you get a panic attack in a physical location, I think it's much more... Again, I'm speaking from my own experience here. Yes. Yeah, it's much more easy to physically step away and go to a corner or something or like just go to somewhere, go somewhere else. But when you're mentally, like when it's self-induced, this anxiety, it's and you're so difficult. It. Yeah, it's mm. so difficult to turn that off. And it definitely takes practice. It's not, a, it's not as easy as we make it sound, but um, it takes a lot of practice and a lot of, again, tuning with yourself when you're not when you're not feeling okay let me reword it takes a lot of tuning to yourself and how you feel when you feel good Mm. in order for you to react that way when you don't feel good yeah Mm -hmm. yeah because when you're in the moment then you're way too stressed and it's way too difficult yeah that's when like habits come in yeah very self-aware that's a good tip (laughs) i like that because when you feel good you don't necessarily want to think about what you do exactly when you're feeling bad and like again we go back to gratitude i think gratitude is a huge um mental health practice as well um i think as a person just like writing down or like thanking god or thanking my friends and family and thanking the the situation that i'm in i think has led to less panic attacks less negative thoughts because i am genuinely just so happy being able to wake up every morning yeah yeah without headaches without as well literally without like i'm playing rugby again yeah. no more blood clot maybe maybe it's still there and i'm living with it whatever um <laughs> but casually, <laughs> casually move on casually yeah 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 it's, it's great i feel very lucky 
Yeah, to be alive, to be speaking to you at this moment, Tilly. I know. <laughs> I feel very special that you've decided to share this. Oh, we are good lucky. friends. We I are think good so. Friends. <laughs> I feel like I never talk to anybody. Like I'm really bad at texting my friends. I'm really bad mm. at everything. But then when you're with somebody in person, and then it's just like, oh, yeah, it flows. It's okay. I feel you. I'm not like. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I'm a horrible texter. Since 2020, I've just like stopped replying to people. <laughs> I'm, I reply in my head, and then it'll be five days, and I'm like, oh, they're oh. gonna be mad at me because it was like a question. Yeah, or and I didn't actually replied and exactly. hit send. It's not an excuse, guys. It's real. I know. This happens way too often. Where I like, I, som- where I type something and it doesn't. Send. And then I have so many built-up messages from people sending them, and then I'm like, it's just easier if I don't respond. <laughs> so oh I'm gosh. not good at breaking down the task into small things. Oh I'm good gosh. at looking at it, getting overwhelmed. So I'm taking advice from Kate as <laughs> I'm listening to her as we're going through this. Now, to, I- <laughs> to bring this all the way back down, okay. what is a time that you feel like you failed? Because it seems to mm-hmm. me like you're very good at recognizing your success. You're very good at moving past when you're feeling anxious or depressed but what is a time to you where you were like okay I failed and was that a hit to you Mm. or like how did you deal with that okay since I talk about art I'm gonna talk about sport okay um so under 20s Mm -hmm. um national sevens bearing in mind everyone I am a lock usually forwards are not very quick and ball handy in the sevens so I tried out Mm-hmm. with no expectation that I'd get in because again I was a newbie everybody else on the team had been playing for the national like since they were in minis and I wasn't amazing I was just again I feel like I'm not very talented as an athlete but I do feel like um I am quite hard working just because I feel like I have to work extra hard to be on the same page or same level as everybody else with all that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like the double effort that I make kind of um, makes up for the fact that I haven't played for so long. And so, yeah, I went into training. I went in, I think it was a two-week trial okay. of different trainings and games. And I had no expectation I'd even get in the first round. I and think the coaches just watch you throughout those rounds? And yeah, yeah those the coaches games. just watch you throughout those rounds and like mark down your skills, things like that um and then i i got in oh my god yeah i got in the training squad and i was like whoa this yeah. is crazy that's amazing i know and it's like okay so the first round is like three weeks and then they cut people off again and then it's an intensive like six week training and then they end with a big training camp with like so there's like 13 or 14 12 selected but 13 or 14 in the training camp mm-hmm. so this is from a pool of maybe 40 girls and so i got into the first round i was like whoa oh my gosh (laughs) um and then i the very first training i was so intimidated because we were maybe like 20 girls um cut down from 40 Mm -hmm. and then i was like wow i am the person with the least experience here i have no friends um and i was absolute shite Mm -hmm. that training i dropped no joke i dropped every single ball i missed every single tackle anything you can think go wrong i probably did it um and i probably made it look like i was failing on purpose but i was so frustrated with myself because i didn't understand and i started to blame myself and spiral as well i was like 
why did these coaches choose me? They know that I'm not good. They know that I have no experience, blah, blah, blah. Um, it wasn't until actually after training, I bawled my eyes out. And one of the coaches spoke to me and was like, today wasn't, I know today wasn't your best, but you should remember that every, even the best athletes in the world, in the world has these horrible days. And you need to figure out what makes you um shine as an athlete and what makes you play the best um and i think through that conversation i also realized that i play the best when i don't think and when i just react to what's in front of me and have no pressure which is very difficult as an athlete because pressure is everywhere from yourself from your teammates from your opponents in the middle of a game um but i train the best and I play the best when I have no worries and I just leave everything on the field and just smile. Is that even when you're at a higher level? Like yes. you're still playing at quite a high level now. Are yeah, you still yeah. able to find that point of no pressure? Uh, yes. I have a routine before the game so that I am smiling on the pitch. Okay. And if I am not smiling on the pitch, you know something's wrong and then that's how I will not play well. For it's just something that I've come to understand from that experience. So, So that was the big failure, actually. I was... I hit a very, very heavy low after that. And thankfully, the next training was a week later. Mm-hmm. It took me maybe a week to rebuild myself and to really, I like force myself to reflect again. And that's another huge point of my self-awareness as an athlete, like that that training. Um, and I thought about during the trials, I did amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I outshined a lot of the other players and I outshined myself and it was because I had no expectation of getting in and I was just grateful to be able to trial and to able to play more rugby, to have extra training because I was so keen. I was already on like six trainings a week and look, another one. Yay. (laughs) So, um, I think that just finding the root, I think that was the beginning of me understanding myself and the beginning of finding the root of things. And I think that's a process that works for me. So yeah, that's how I went through that adversity. It doesn't sound like a big like a big failure, but it felt like it at that point in time. But it also shows you the importance of those things that we've been talking about nonstop, like the gratitude and the reflection, yeah. because you went in and you were like doubting yourself. You didn't have that same mindset that you would yeah. have had the next week after. Yeah, exactly. And you performed better yeah. when you were relaxed and not thinking about all these things that this could lead to and how big of an opportunity it is yeah like it's still a big opportunity but it doesn't need that like weight yeah i think i'm the type of person as well that gives myself i'm the person that has a lot of pressure but it only comes from myself like i'm my worst enemy completely none of my coaches expect this from from me They, they expect something right but the pressure that i give myself is nothing compared to what they the expectations of the, that they have but that's kind of like that imposter syndrome thing like yeah. especially you got into that first round so yeah. they obviously saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself yeah. and then you're there and you're like wait why am i here yeah, i don't exactly. deserve to be here when you do yeah you're incredible you deserve to be <laughs> where you are you've earned your place a fun fact actually over. made it to the end and i was the injury yes! sub so there were 12 <laughs> i didn't make it to the end end so from 40 or 50 girls, um, I made it to the 13. And then number 13 and 14 are like the injury subs. And 12 actually only play the tournament. 
But this is a Hong Kong, like a national level team after how many years of playing at this point? At this point, this is my second year playing rugby. Second year (laughs) playing rugby has made it onto the national team at under 19s at a sevens level. Crazy. What is your routine that you do now to get onto the pitch and to make sure that you're smiling? Um, It starts from when I wake up. Okay. If I feel like crap... Mm-hmm. which is terrifying which used to really throw me off yeah um then i'd be thrown off the whole day but now mm-hmm. if i feel great sure play some play some blast some music dance to it um and if i feel like crap play some music dance to it <laughs> um it works both ways yeah and then dancing is an excellent tool yeah for- <laughs> fyi everyone i'm not a great dancer but i do enjoy it i feel you i'm <laughs> laughing and nodding not because you're not a great dancer but because my family members say I'm a Gumby. I'm just like What's long limbs. I don't know. Like, you know, those things that like blow up outside. Oh, of yeah. Cars? Like the gas station things. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think oh my, my family. Gosh. I'm just like long limbed and awkward and That's don't know how to move. That's super similar to like what they called me and Rashini, like broken giraffes. Yeah, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. I'm a, there was. Okay. Side note. There is a children's book. I don't know what it's called, but it's about a giraffe yeah. who loves to dance and all the other animals won't dance with him because he can't oh. dance. <laughs> so anyways we do some broken giraffe dancing what else what's the next um we do some broken giraffe dancing and then have a coffee okay um have a hot i'm so specific i have to have a hot coffee in the morning yeah and then a very carby breakfast or brunch Mm -hmm. and then for lunch i have to have an iced coffee (laughs) yeah and i have a playlist um a pregame playlist okay um and before i I used the playlist used to be like beast mode stuff like um well I can't think of anything any beast mode songs like Eminem love it and like I'm not afraid <laughs> like rap to it be like completely like aggro and beast mode again through those practices I realized that's not for me mm-hmm. I just lose focus on the game because I was trying to be too aggressive and like I'd beat myself up for missing a tackle okay um because of the aggroness Again, everything comes with practice. Again, I know that I'm 22, guys, but okay. No, but practice makes perfect. And if you don't try something, you won't know whether or not that works for you. Like That is true. People listening to this, you might try gratitude and then be like, no, No. (laughs) not for me. Which I think is for everyone, but that's fine. (laughs) That's another cup of tea. (laughs) I think so. So I find out that the music that works for me would be like, High school musical music, like Breaking Free is a good one. Um, Shout out to my teammates listening to this. Y'all know that Breaking Free is my go-to before a game. Like you can just see this like massive brown girl with tattoos singing like Troy Bolton inside and like singing. I can't look at you the same way. I am not. I think a lot of people have said this as well. I I am complete. My personality is not what I look like if you don't speak to me. Mm. I think people think I look terrifying. I don't think you're terrifying at all. Thank you. You've got like Kate's got like a beautiful short bob. And she's got like a little ponytail on her head. Like I don't think you're intimidating. You're like fair enough, and you're always smiling. Oh, uh, that's true. I think the smile gives it away. I should like stop smiling so people get oh, no, scared just be cranky. of this big, big. Weird I honestly person. think this is gonna sound super cheesy and cliche, yeah. but like when you smile and it's like a genuine smile, you feel better. That is true. But that's horrible when you're like anxious and you're like, yeah, I can't actually smile right yeah, now. Yeah. But it definitely makes true. a difference when, like you said, when you're feeling good, try and smile. Yeah. 
Yeah. Forcing yourself to smile during times of anxiety really helps. But at the same time, it's it's, it might make difficult. you feel it might make you feel worse too. Yeah, it's very yeah. difficult. Practice makes perfect. Again. Yeah, practice makes perfect or makes better. We should say yeah. maybe <laughs> makes better. Makes True. better. No one is perfect in mm-hmm. this world. We all strive to be the best versions, but we're never perfect. So some dancing, some very specific coffee temperatures. Yes, and then you're on the pitch, and then I'm on the pitch, and then you're um, smiling. Yes. Ooh, so before kickoff, I'm giving away my secrets here. Ooh. People are going to be like, oh, Kate's doing that thing. I need to like throw a shoe at her so she gets thrown <laughs> off. Um, before a game, I will always... So my role um, in the kickoff is I am the hard chaser. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? So for example, we're the team kicking off. We're kicking the ball to the opponent. Um, so our kicker is the same. Hey, Aileen, our kicker is the same person every game, yeah. usually. Um, maybe it's Karen, maybe it's Anna. But anyway, um, I will always, regardless if the kicker is looking at me, it's my job to chase the ball that she kicks. Mm-hmm. And I will chase hard um, and leave my teammates in the line behind to hold the defense. Sorry to the people that don't play rugby, but <laughs> there we go. I am the one that chases the ball, even if it's not our ball. Um, before I go for that massive sprint of a chase, I will always smile at the kicker regardless if she's looking at me but that smile and nod determines um how i feel for the rest of the game um it's basically a little gratitude thing and be like oh i'm ready for this i'm leaving everything on the pitch i'm so grateful just those two small actions really really kind of put me in the right headspace as well like oh i'm ready here we go and then kick the ball and woo that's it I suppose my next question is mm-hmm. because you're so like you know your routine and what makes you feel good are you ever affected by what other people on the pitch are doing or what other people in your life are doing like um, rugby is a very physical sport yeah like you said some people do go down that super aggressive route yeah does that ever affect you on the pitch um it's actually affected me in a sense where I would always think that if I didn't do these things, I'd be thrown off. Yeah. But I realize that life happens and sometimes you can't do those things. Like if I don't have the iced coffee, maybe I'll be like, ah, but I shouldn't be. And I think that also comes with like a practice of self-awareness in that sense. Because you have to realize as humans, we're not program to do the same thing every time and it's not always going to be perfect and you have to accept that you will not always be perfect and what you want to do will not always go your way um and with that how you react to things and how you think about things and how you think about yourself um reaches another level of self-awareness it's easier said than done i think Mm. to realize that you can't always be perfect i think so yeah but that is i think the biggest step you can take to reaching gratitude and self-awareness i'm going off topic but anyway um i'm more affected by me possibly affecting other people with my routine than other people affecting me with their routine Mm. um there was an incident that i felt conscious about my routine and how happy and jolly i am because i was scared that i wasn't being a positive influence but rather being a what's the word like a distraction yes like a distraction um but this fear was not true 
I spoke to teammates about it and actually I think it also takes another level like you have to be communicative to your teammates in order to know you can't just assume but um again as a team of 15 well 23 24 including the sub like we're a big big team team. yeah um everybody has their own prep Mm. and everybody respects each other's type of prep Mm. Um, and as you get to know each other, you know what that player needs or what that player wants. Some players really don't like to talk to anyone. Um, and you respect that. Like, it's not like, I think the, the fear of me being a distraction was just because, well, it's not like I was very loud, loudly happy and stuff. It was just, I was very, I think my role in the team is to be the positive chatter. Mm -hmm. And I was scared because I know that some teammates don't enjoy the, Hey, it's okay. It's okay. We just put our heads up and we continue to play again. I know that some teammates don't enjoy that. Mm. Um, but through communication, I find out that actually my words help them. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's a more self-conscious fear than a fear of other people distracting me. Yeah. It's good. I think speaking to your teammates is a big thing because a lot of the times if yeah. something happens, like you said, if there's an incident and then you're like, oh, I just don't want to talk to anyone. I hate everybody. Yeah. But like actually expressing how you feel yeah, exactly. and being vulnerable. And then you realize that actually there's not an issue. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Team bonding within that as well. Yeah. I think you're a very positive person. I think that makes <laughs> that's not surprising to me that you're the positive chatter on the pitch. Yeah. I can't do anything else. So <laughs> that's that's why. <laughs> For people, <laughs> for people listening, I've gone to watch Kate play some rugby games and she's always the one dancing like when there's a break in the play yeah. and stuff like that, which is good because I think people do get, like, even at the highest levels, yeah. obviously there's emotion involved. Obviously there's a heck of passion, yeah. a heap of passion, a heck of passion. I've never said heck in my life. Heck, that's the first time. There's a heap of passion. came out just now in my life. <laughs> there's a heap of passion involved, but that doesn't mean that like it's not the end of the world that sounds so cheesy but and it's hard to remember that i think definitely when you're playing and there's so many heightened emotions yeah especially when you have so much expectation of yourself yeah you have to be able to separate yourself from the yeah like we were talking about earlier exactly now i'm gonna circle all the way back to the beginning okay and you said that empowering other girls and other people through sport is something that's given you so much contentment and so much fulfillment. I don't know where I'm going with that. (laughs) I had a beautiful question in my mind. What would you say, like, what would the thing that you needed to hear be Mm. when you were younger? Okay. There was a question that you put in that was like, who are your inspirations? Yeah. I could tie that in, I think. Yeah. So my inspiration is Royce Chan. <laughs> I hope you're listening to this. And who is Royce Chan? So Kate? Royce Chan. Um, don't hate me if I get your details wrong, please. <laughs> but Royce Chan started rugby when she was, yes, I'm going to expose your age. I think when she was in her 30s. Okay. And she retired when she was in her 40s. Um... She is the person that she is a huge reason for who I am as a player and coach today because she has given me so many opportunities. She's she believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. Um so it took a heart to heart for me to continue playing rugby. I think this was the same week of the under 20s 
No, this was... That's a lie. This was maybe the first time that I was in the under-19 pool of training players. And I beat myself up so much because, again, I was the only girl at that time that had, like, six months' experience. Yeah. Um, and I'm thankful that, coincidentally, she was my university coach. And that's the first time I came across her. Okay. Um, and there was a tournament one time that I, it was a club tournament unrelated to the university, but she was there and I opened up to her and I told her, I honestly don't know if I still want to play rugby anymore. I'm not great at it. I thought I was, but that, and that was the development league where everybody was new and I was needed, I think, because there just wasn't numbers for the team. Um, so we had a heart to heart and I was like, I can't. I really want to be the same level as everybody else, but I can't no matter how hard I try. And I'm trying very, very hard already. And she told me her story and that she started late too and way later than I did. Yeah. Um, and she felt the same because it felt like no matter how much effort we put in, we wouldn't be appreciated because no matter how much effort we put in, we wouldn't be on the same page. And I think... Again, that was another moment of self-awareness and being like, okay, these are my assets as a player. Um, and it's different from everybody else. And the fact that I'm so keen and so new just means that I have so much more um, room to grow as a player. And yeah, I think... It's not a detriment at all to be starting at a later time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so age doesn't matter to me. Age doesn't matter um it's the effort it is the i want to say as a coach um that skills don't matter as well um my girls if you're listening to this your skills matter (laughs) (laughs) your skills matter don't be coming back and like dropping every ball and i'm kidding um but in my coaching style as well i try to have the girls reflect and be thankful Especially this 2020, we had a few games, unfortunately enough. And not everybody in the world is that lucky. Um, that they got to play at all. That they got to play at all. Yeah. To even see their friends. Some people are still in lockdown. Yeah. And I think what I... To answer your question, sorry, after 20 minutes of talking about <laughs> that. To answer your question, I think what I would want to hear as a player was someone I looked up to being vulnerable. Mm. mic drop (laughs) (laughs) if you drop this mic (laughs) i will beat you with it i won't i won't won't. i'm holding it very tight (laughs) there have already been a lot of penis jokes about the shape of this microphone i am i it's but we move right in my face i'm a little bit uncomfortable but it's okay but we digress (laughs) yeah so and i do try to be that person with the girls that i coach Mm. um i don't want them to see me I do want, I actually do want you to see me as someone scary and intimidating, but only because I care about you and they know this. I've been vulnerable in front of them many times. They've seen me cry, ball my eyes out because I was so proud yeah. of them, um, especially last season. We reached a final and they generally cared about each other, cared about the team, regardless of win or lose. They were so proud of themselves and them being proud of themselves, regardless of the score, really broke me in the best way possible like i broke down and they were laughing they're like oh my gosh kate you have emotions (laughs) i was like of course i have emotions silly i'm always proud of you and i just 
I can't show my I feel like I can't show my vulnerability because you won't take me seriously yeah yeah but I learned now that it's very important for someone you look up to to be vulnerable and to share their experiences and through that you get inspired and you get empowered I think so because I think especially like with social media we're able to like follow our idols more closely and things yeah. like that and if you see everything's always perfect all the time yeah. you don't see like oh actually they're working behind the scenes like 20 hours a day and they're like crying every yes, hour <laughs> to try exactly. and get this ready for us exactly yeah. yeah it's so important yeah vulnerability is very important yeah i'm glad that you had that in a coach though yeah and you were able Me to have too. that Thanks, Royce. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you would wish for other people as well, then, that yeah. they're able to find someone who they can openly speak with about their fears. and Yes. And I think as coaches um, and as senior players, we have that responsibility to be approachable. Mm. Um, but I think also in like elite sport, yeah, it's very easy to go the other way and yes. just be screamo or be yeah. very hard faced, stern yeah. faced kind of thing. Especially because you reach an elite level and results are basically your job. Yeah, you don't perf- your team doesn't perform, then it's your fault. But then again, I think twenty twenty and the whole global pandemic should have had all of the coaches realize that we need to project gratitude and vulnerability to our players because I think so many of them are so keen to come back and once they come back they want to go all out but that's when injuries happen right Mm. um so when we did the return to play program with the union so we did a three or four four week three week return to play program um so that the players could go back to basics before they went back to their clubs and did rugby again um we applied like mental health things as well so the first week would be gratitude like during our cool down we'll talk about it um and i think that sort of coaching is a huge it's very important now for us to have yeah i think that reflection is really important because it's super easy like you said way earlier it's super easy to beat yourself up when things go wrong but it's also important to recognize okay what did i do right this training even if it's one thing like you showed up yeah you showed up to training when you didn't want to that's something you can write down yeah let's take it off can i improve on stuff next time or am i just being a dick (laughs) to myself yeah and people have bad days i think as coaches as well we are literally the opinions that um, the players have of themselves are reflections of how we treat them as well mm, that's um, so important yeah so I think to know that your effort is appreciated is a big thing um, no matter what level you're in um, even as an elite player when you don't meet your results you again go back to the self-reflection of where that root comes from why didn't you pass the ball well? Why did you drop the ball? Were you in the right headspace? Yeah. What well, can you do better next time? Exactly. Rather exactly. than you suck. Yeah, and exactly. It's over. <laughs> but then again, you suck and it's over is very important as well. Like mm. you have that small stage of, well, I hope small. You have that small period of self-sap and be like, I hate myself. I shouldn't play rugby anymore. I dropped every single ball. I'm a horrible player. Um, And it's normal to feel that way. And it's okay. Mm. I think, again, as coaches and as people that people that people look up to, 
Mm. We have the responsibility to encourage that. That it's okay to feel like crap. But you do have to get back up again. But then it's really okay to feel like crap. There was one of those interviews on Netflix of one of the coaches who's a a WNBA coach. And she was like, you have the 24-hour rule. You have 24 hours regardless of if you win or lose to feel bad or to feel good about it. Because if you're feeling good for too long afterwards, you're going to get complacent. And if you're feeling bad for too long, then you're not going to perform well. So So you've got 24 hours, get it out, then shut up and we go back to work. Ah, I think that's that's a good good. rule. That is good. That's a good rule. 24 hours. I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually kids. very grat- like I'm, I'm too thankful and too like positive to like I'm always like happy <laughs> but with like the always happiness I think my teammates have seen the the worst sadnesses and disappointments as well yeah support systems are very important y'all <laughs> it is I think finding your group of people is very important yeah Thank you for being in my group. (laughs) I suppose we'll finish up with one question. So I was going to pose a question at the end of every week. Yeah. So the one for this week, do you think that people can have mentors of the opposite gender and does gender matter at all? So like if you're looking up to someone, do you think it makes a difference if they're a man or a woman or do you think that women respond better to having female mentors or? I like to say women respond better to everything. (laughs) We're more mature. We care about emotions. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I'm not really kidding. <laughs> okay. Um, so I myself, I'm queer. FYI. So I don't care about gender regardless. Um, I think I value a person by their beliefs and their values and their mm-hmm. morals. And I value a person even if they don't value morals and beliefs and things like that i I value every encounter that i have with any human um and i think you're too nice of a person (laughs) (laughs) i'm like do i I value every encounter with everybody i'm not sure even if okay so like even if you don't feel grateful for that moment that you have with a very rude taxi driver afterwards you'd be like maybe he's having a bad day yeah and then you value that experience value (laughs) i definitely am able to be like okay he's having a bad day it's fine yeah but i don't know if i'm like oh yes i value that (laughs) i mean i don't say yes i value that but anyway yeah to answer the question i don't think gender matters with Mm -hmm. mentors but as a female that coaches females in that perspective i do think gender matters if that makes sense. I think partic- like this is why I wanted to ask the question is because I'm thinking about, so if I want to go into like elite strength and conditioning, mm. there's like fewer female mm. in those positions of, yeah. Yeah. In those S and C positions. Yeah. So to me, like it's good to hear. I've spoken with like coaches who are men who are in those positions yeah. and it's not the same kind of impact mm. on me. So that for me, true. I think it's like position or maybe field dependent Mm. on whether or not it matters that is true i think again as a female and royce was royce is a female sorry (laughs) um it is much easier and i feel like many females in the rugby community have paved way for me to be able to, to be the influence that i am today to the girls that i coach and to my teammates um and i think seeing them do it makes Mm. me feel like oh i can do it too yeah and i think 
that does root from us being the same gender. But then again, I do know coaches that are very close to their uh, players that are men. Mm-hmm. I think it just depends on how you approach the players and the kind of vulnerability again mm-hmm. that you have with them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's my answer. Depends. I think, I think that's a good answer. Yeah. It depends. It depends. So we have discovered nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think that's a perfect answer. I think feel dependent depends how you act with people. Because some mm. people also just respond to like being super aggressive and like yes. they respond to that hard hand. Whereas I'm like, please baby me. Like, yes. Just, yeah. Tell oh. me I'm. <laughs> tell me I'm great. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it really depends. Like everything in the world, everything is subjective. Boo. Boo. <laughs> but yes. Well. Yeah. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Tilly. How was that? That was so fun. Did I talk for two hours? I don't think so. Wait. So, Kate, tell everybody where we can find you. Okay. So. And how we can support you. Aw. So, um, my Instagram is the happy lock. Yes. Lock my rugby position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yes, it came from the concussion. That, that name. And my business account is the happy dot creative on Instagram. On Instagram, um, I also have a website. Oh, dot guess what? <laughs> the happy I saw like a brand, so yeah, just the happy lock. But it is a brand. It's your brand. I guess so. You're a very happy person, Thank and you. you're a lock. I could Thank think you. of nothing yes. more fitting. Yes, I'm a bee. I know, and Kate designed the beautiful banner thank you, thank you. for where you can find this on YouTube and hopefully Spotify and iTunes. Woo-hoo! I know, very exciting. I hope that was fun. That was fun to it listen to. It was so fun. It was I, so fun to talk. What are like some things that you're going to take away from this, if you're going to take away anything from this? I'm going to take away probably, when I listen to this again, are you going to listen to it again? Oh, girl, of course I'm going to listen to it. I want to listen to it when it airs. I'll be the first streamer. Yay. I think I'm going to be so annoyed of my laugh and be like so self-conscious and be like, stop laughing. Stop laughing. No one appreciates this. They're probably going <laughs> to shut this off after the third laugh. Um, other than that, I think it's very, I'm very grateful that you Aww. have decided to start this initiative of people sharing their stories. Um, and have given me the opportunity to share my... Well, you have an amazing story. Aww. And, like, that was only a snippet, but obviously you've been through some, so many things. Mm. And I think I'm going to refer to an Instagram meme I've seen going around recently. But, like, it takes a really strong person to come out of difficult mm. times and still be happy. Yeah. And not be pissed off at the world and be pissed off at everything around them yeah are you going to talk about yourself in this podcast because maybe you FYI, can interview me <laughs> oh my gosh yes we should do that we'll FYI, do that eventually Tilly has hip problems <laughs> another episode least. another episode another episode mm-hmm. but Tilly's great Tilly's amazing and would Royce be your dream guest on something like this oh yeah I'd love to talk to her about this I might have to speak Cantonese I'm kidding Royce has great English <laughs> 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 yeah what yeah. about anyone else? Um, so Ada Milby, who okay. is uh, a huge influence in Philippine rugby. I think she's oh. the chairman of Philippine rugby now. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I might have the title wrong, but she's like the top of Philippine rugby now. Okay. And she's the first female. Wow. Um, and she has done a lot for the Philippine rugby community. And also she has a position in Asia rugby. Okay. Um, 
I think she's the head of women's rugby. Again, I'm sorry if I get this wrong, but mm-hmm. um, she has done so much for females in the rugby community in Asia. That and would be amazing. To yeah, her. she'd be an amazing guest, I think. Mm. Yeah. Far out. Yeah. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, Tim. Yay! Yay! <laughs>